Hello, good morning, good morning. Welcome everybody. I'm really happy to see your faces here this morning. As Evra said, my name is Lauren and I'm the prayer ministry coordinator here. Um, also welcome to anybody who's joining us online, whether you're here with us live Sunday morning or you're watching us later. Um, just know you're always welcome to come and join us here in person. A special welcome to any first time visitors. I have met some new people this morning. Make sure that you stick around and introduce yourself to someone before you leave because we'd really love to meet you. Um, so the other day, I was sitting visiting with my 12-year-old son, and we were just talking about how grown he was. He's almost a teenager, and he had calculated he's got six years left until he is going to be 18, and he still hasn't figured out what he wants to be when he grows up. And he's like, the clock is ticking, and I've got to get on this. So to ease his fears a little bit, I decided to tell him a little story about how I came to discover what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I, I went to college for social work, um, and one semester in, I decided um, that wasn't for me. So I switched to an undecided major. And then my second year of college, I declared a pre-nursing major. I was going to get a bachelor's of science in nursing. And a year into that program, I decided that was also not for me. So then I declared a pre-med major. And I don't know if you can guess what happened a year later. I decided that was not for me. So I ended up graduating with a bachelor's degree in psychology, and except for a year after graduation where I worked in a research lab, um, I have not returned to the field of psychology. Now, I do draw on what I learned from in, in, my, in my college degree, and I do value my education that I got there, but my path was anything but ordered and well thought out. Now, I'm guessing that my story is not that unique. I think that we all can struggle with trying to figure out what path to take in life. And if we think about what Gino preached last week about running our own race, our question may be, well, what is my race? Now, I realize that given the number of people here this morning and the reach that this message may have online, that I am speaking to people that fall on different places of the spectrum of faith. But seeing as we are in church, and I am preaching this morning, my goal this morning is to share some wisdom on what the Bible might say about finding our path, what the Bible might teach us about figuring out what race we're supposed to run. And perhaps if you're here today and you are not yet a believer, this message will serve as a glimpse into the value of a life following Jesus. So now college you, Lauren did not yet know Jesus, and I wonder if I had, would my path have been any smoother? Would I have figured out what I wanted to do a little bit sooner? Well, there's no way to tell now, but seeing as that we are at the beginning of a new year here, we are starting this new year with a series called Start Here. And so, Last week, Pastor Gino opened up this series with a message <clears throat> about how we should be focused on running our own race, how while this Christian life, it is a race, there's no competitors. And what we need to be focusing on is stripping off anything that might be slowing us down in our race and avoid the comparison trap and that the only other one that matters in our race is Jesus. And Jesus is serving as our coach both to encourage us on our own race, but also to redirect us when we're running in the wrong way. 
Now, I don't know about the rest of you, if you were here for that message last week, but I left feeling like encouraged and convicted and like hungry for the race that Jesus had for me in 2023. I wanted to get some t-shirts made like Jesus and me 2023 and like let's get going on this. There's something about a new year. It can feel just like ripe with opportunity. It's like a fresh, clean slate and, and we can be just like chomping at the bit to begin our new race. So when I took to the Bible to prepare for this message, and I was looking for wisdom on where to start and how to start the race that Jesus has for me, what I actually discovered is that before we start, we need to stop. So we're going to be starting this morning in the Gospel of John. And before we open up this passage, I want to give you a little bit of context here. So two weeks ago, we celebrated Christmas, which was the birth of Christ. And this, this passage that we're, that we're going to be reading from, it takes place in the Last Supper, Supper. So between that time being Christ's birth and this time, the Last Supper, a lot has happened. Jesus has grown into an adult. He has begun his ministry. He has gathered disciples. He has started preaching, teaching, and performing miracles, all leading up to this Last Supper, the night before he is about to be betrayed. Now, he knows that he is going to die, and he's talking to his disciples, and he's preparing them for this reality. Now, in the previous chapter, in chapter 14, Jesus explains to his disciples that his Father is going to send the Holy Spirit. And while they are simply with him right now, when the Holy Spirit comes, his Spirit will dwell in them. So we pick up this conversation in chapter 15, starting at verse 1. And now while we typically te teach from the New Living Translation, today I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard Version, or the ESV. Um, so there are Bibles at the edges of your row. Also feel free to engage in your digital Bibles on your phone, and know the text will be displayed on the screen as well. And while you find that, let me pray. Lord, we just, we thank you for this fresh new year. God, we thank you that, that we opened up our eyes on January 1st, and we opened up our eyes today, Lord. God, we thank you for this fresh new opportunity, Lord. And we thank you for this opportunity to gather together this morning, to open up your word, to study and learn from it, Lord. And we, just, we thank you for this worship experience this morning, Lord, Lord, that your presence is here with us, Lord. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move in this room, Lord, would you continue to speak to the hearts and the minds of the people, Lord? God, let your message come across this morning. More of you, Lord, and less of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So John chapter 15, starting at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is who bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. The word of the Lord. So in other translations of this text, including the New Living Translation, where we typically teach from, the word remain is used in place of the word abide. And the Greek word used in, the, in this place is the word meno, which can be translated as remain or abide. And it's used in other places in the Bible as well to, uh, to illustrate where someone might be living or where someone might be staying for a period of time. Could also be a synonym, could be reside. So I'll tell you right now, we could study this word and this passage for weeks and just begin to scratch the surface of the true meaning to abide. But let me just open up the conversation this morning. So I'd like to share with you just a few things that stand out to me in this passage, in a message that I'm simply calling, Stop and Abide. So Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. So Jesus wants us to abide in him as a branch abides in a vine. And I just love this illustration. So not only would a vine be something that his disciples are very familiar of, being you know, vineyards surrounding them, Right? But I just think that the, the illustration of a vine is such a beautiful picture of the type of connectedness that Jesus is asking for. If you picture a vine, it, it's rooted into the ground, and it's getting all of its nutrients, all of its water from the ground, and branches sprout off from it, and that branch is connected to the vine in such a way that its entire life depends on being connected to the vine. Without being connected to the vine, it does not have access to nutrients. It does not have access to water. And if it were to become disconnected to the vine, from the vine, it would wither and die. So the first thing that I see in this passage is that abiding is active. Abiding is active. And this may seem counterintuitive when we think about the illustration of the vine, right? Because this branch that's connected to the vine, it's not like crawling towards the vine, right? It's not gripping onto the vine for dear life. It's just, it's resting there, right? It's, it's laying still. It's remaining connected to the vine. But let's read again in verse 5 and 6. Whoever abides in me... And I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. So Jesus is showing us two scenarios here. He's showing us the person who chooses to abide and the person who chooses not to abide. Now, I have a six-month-old at home, and she just learned how to roll over. And for any parents out there, you know the major shift in parental responsibility that happens when a baby becomes mobile. 
So before she learned how to roll over, if I set her down somewhere on the bed or on her playmat on the floor and I walked away, if I came back, she would be in the exact same place I left her. Remaining for her was a passive action. Now I also have a three-year-old at home, and there's a lot of things that she would rather be doing than holding still. If, if you have ever met a toddler before, you put them down in one place five seconds later, guaranteed they're someplace different. So if you find a toddler, if you find my three-year-old holding still somewhere, that's an active choice. She is actively choosing to remain there. So the abiding that Jesus is calling us to, it's an active choice. It's intentional. It's not accidental. So in order to abide in Jesus, we need to actively choose him over all the other options that we have to us. And if I think about the options I have available to me, it can be dizzying. The options of the things I could be doing with my time other than being with Jesus, I could be binging Netflix, I could be doom scrolling social media. The options of places where I could put my trust instead of putting my trust in Jesus, I could put my trust in my bank account or my investment portfolio or my job title or my degree. And these, these are just morally neutral examples. I haven't even tapped into the slew of alluring, sinful temptations and things and places that we could be spending our time other than Jesus. Choosing to abide in Jesus, choosing to become connected to Jesus and remain connected to Jesus over all of the other louder-than-Jesus things in the world, that is an active choice. So what might this look like in our days to actively choose Jesus? Well, I believe that an abiding connecting connection to Jesus starts with becoming connected. And this would, for the unbeliever, look like accepting Jesus into your heart and receiving the Holy Spirit, the abiding presence of Christ in you. And for the believer, this would look like setting time apart in your day where Jesus is the only focus. This would look like putting everything else to the side and focusing on Jesus, opening up that conversation and becoming connected to him. So after making the choice to become connected, we must constantly be making the choice to remain connected. Hebrews 12.2 says, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. So I actively abide by actively choosing to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. Have you ever seen one of those professional ballet dancers who does those like super fancy fast twirls? I want you to watch her eyes. I want you to take note of her gaze. As a ballerina danced across the stage, in this dizzying fashion, and maybe some of us got dizzy while we were watching her. She had her eyes fixed on a focus point. Did you notice that? So as she began her twirls, her body would begin, but her eyes would remain fixed as long as possible until she needed to whip her head back around and focus on her anchor point again. And so it would go, twirl after twirl, spin after spin, she would whip her gaze back around to her focus point. 
And I, I chose a slower spin just to illustrate the point, but the same concept works with like the super duper fast swim, spins. And this technique is taught to dancers to keep them grounded, to keep them from getting dizzy. Because these dancers, they need to fix their gaze on an anchor point to avoid succumbing to the dizziness that these moves would otherwise induce. And this is what I think of when I think about actively choosing to abide in Jesus. Because we need an anchor point. We need to keep, keep our eyes fixed somewhere to avoid succumbing to the dizziness that this world would otherwise induce. And that anchor, I believe, is Jesus. So though our days are gonna, they're gonna continue to bring troubles, they're gonna continue to bring distractions, they're going to continue to bring things that are going to want to get us dizzy to the point of falling down. If we whip our gaze around to our anchor point to Jesus, we can avoid succumbing to the dizziness of this world. So maybe that looks like a prayer when we're beginning to feel anxious. Or maybe that looks like reading the scripture verse that you've put on an index card over your kitchen sink when your patience is starting to wear. Or maybe that means turning on some worship music if you're feeling sorrow begin to rise in your spirit. What actively abiding looks like for you will vary throughout your day. But one thing is for sure, this world is never going to stop moving. This world is moving constantly, so we have to constantly be making the choice to abide in Jesus. But where's the value in making this choice? Why should I choose to abide in Jesus? Why should I remain connected to him and keep my eyes fixed on him? Well, one reason, I believe, is because abiding aligns us with God. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. This is not a one-way relationship. Jesus is saying, come abide in me, rest in me, remain in me, and I will abide in you. I will rest in you. I will remain in you. When we abide in Jesus and we allow him to abide in us, we receive all that he is. John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if Jesus is abiding in us, we have all that he is inside of us. We will know the way, we will have the truth, and we will have fullness of life. And I look back at college, Lauren, I did not know my way, I did not know any way, I did not know the way, I was bouncing around seemingly aimlessly, and I did not have the abiding spirit of God living in me. But I'm sharing this message at the Start Here series at the beginning of a new year because I think that this is a timely reminder to align ourselves with God. Who here is a New Year's resolution type of person? Maybe it's a gene size that you want to fit into, or maybe it's you want to read a new book every week, or maybe you're like me and you want to become a more organized person. I've already purchased my paper planner, and this year I am going to be a planner person. It is not going to be like the other years where I threw out the planner in December with 10 days filled out. This is the year I will become more organized. 
But seriously, this is the time that so many of us were looking ahead at this new year with fresh new opportunities and we want to know how to best spend our time in this new year. But I'd like to challenge us that before we start on these goals, we would stop. That we would abide in Jesus and we would align ourselves with him so that his goals are our goals. So that when we're making a decision on where to expend our energy, what direction to focus our efforts, we would be guided by the abiding spirit of Jesus in us. So this abiding spirit in us does not just benefit us on the big decisions like New Year's resolutions or major life decisions. I think it can best be seen in the simple choices of our day. This aligning spirit of God in us could be seen with the inspiration to reach out to a friend that just so happened needed a reach out. Or maybe it's the inspiration to have a conversation with a spouse or a child or a coworker, a conversation that just so happened needed to be had. This aligning presence in God, of, of God could also be seen as the spirit trying to remind us of truth when we're tempted to believe a lie. If we're tempted to believe that we are alone, this aligning spirit could remind us that he will never leave us or forsake us. If we're tempted to be fearful, this aligning spirit of God could remind us that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Now, these moments where we find ourselves out of alignment can serve as a reminder to whip our heads back and focus our gaze on our anchor point of Jesus. And when we choose to abide and fix our gaze back on Jesus, we will witness the aligning power of Jesus. So if we do this, if we stop before we start, what I think that we will find is that abiding is fruitful. Abiding is fruitful. Jesus says, the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying, stay connected to me. Choose to rest in me and you will bear fruit. And we can think of the fruit that we have the option to bear in two ways. The first being the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, to 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These fruits of the Spirit serve as evidence of a life abiding in Jesus. So these fruits of the Spirit can be experienced by the believer who chooses to stay connected to Jesus, who chooses to abide in Jesus. And maybe you're up here thinking, and maybe you're here thinking because I'm up here with a mic that I'm just perpetually oozing the fruit of the Spirit, and unfortunately, that is not quite the case. There are moments when I am not um, as patient as I should be, or maybe I'm not as kind in an interaction as I'd like to be, or maybe there's moments where my peace is wavering. But when those moments come, I ask myself, or better yet, somebody I love might ask me, Lord, how are you in Jesus? 
Because the absence of these fruits are the first clue that I am not abiding in Jesus. That my eyes are not fixed on him. That my heart is not set on him and that my trust is not put in him. But when I am abiding, when I am practicing the rhythms of a life connected to Jesus, communing with him daily, speaking to him perpetually, I am like that branch connected to the vine. And all that Jesus is, is flowing into me. All of his strength and all of his power, all of his love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control is flowing into me. And here is the most beautiful thing. All that Jesus is, is not only flowing into me, but it's flowing out of me. And this is the fruit that you can see. This is the fruit that others can see. This is what makes us stand out in that how does she have that kind of peace kind of way. This is what can draw people to us so we can point them towards Jesus. And I feel, I feel the Spirit wants us to rest here for a minute because if we're doing this life, right, if we're handing our lives over to Jesus, Let's make it count. Let's make it worth something. If we're just doing this for ourselves so we feel the peace, so we have the patience, it's, it's not worth it. We need to do it so those fruits are seen by others, so those fruits are experienced by others, so that they can be drawn to us so we can point them towards Jesus. Because when they see us being kind in an unkind interaction, it's not really us they're seeing, is it? When they see the peace that we have in trying circumstances, it's not really us they're seeing. It's the abiding spirit of Christ in us. Now, the second way that we can think about bearing fruit is when it comes to our goals and our plans in life. Has anybody ever prayed for favor in their goals or plans? Like, Lord, please let this business endeavor be successful. God, please let me get this job. God, please let me get into this program. God, please let this be the year I am a more organized person. <laughs> well, in this passage, Jesus says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I mean, that's a pretty bold promise, right? Right? Now, I've saved the best for last here. So if you've been following along and you're still not convinced of the value of an abiding life in Jesus, aligning power, fruits of the Spirit, this is great, but wait a second. God can actually do stuff, like good stuff in my life? But why is it that when we pray for things, it doesn't always happen? I mean, Gino has said before, God is in a vending machine, right? So let's read the full verse. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Oh, I see. That promise is contingent. 
So if we abide in Jesus, that is, we remain connected to him, and we allow his words to abide in us, that means we read his word, we seek his wisdom in prayer, we actively engage with the spirit of God living in us, then we can ask whatever we wish, and it will be done for us. But why then? Why is God putting this caveat on my blessings? Why can't I just get what I want when I want it? Because as I said before, abiding aligns us with God. So as we are abiding, our desires are aligning with his desires for us. So what we want, what we wish for, what we desire, in fact, are what he wants for us and what he wishes for us and what he desires for us. Has, has anyone experienced this in their lives? We've got our own plans and our own goals, and it just seems like roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Maybe it's a field of study that you want to get into and you're just not getting accepted into programs. Or you've gotten in and then there's an issue with the financial aid. Or maybe it's a career that you want to get into and you just can't get your foot in the door. Or you're in the door but you're not advancing how you might like to. But then there's other times where it's like the red carpet is being rolled out before you. You're shopping for a house and you find the one on, perf on a cul-de-sac. They accept your first offer, you get a stellar interest rate, and then the inspection goes off without a hitch. Or maybe it's a job you've applied to, and they give you like the shift that you wanted with a coworker that you were looking forward to working with, and then they end up paying you more than you expected. So God wanted you in that house. God wanted you at that job. And, and, and the why, you know, why that house, why that job is less important than the how. And I believe the how is the abiding presence of God in us. The abiding, aligning presence of God, aligning our desires with his desires for us. So yes, abiding is fruitful in more than one way, but only because abiding aligns us with God. So his desires become our desires. So maybe now you're rethinking your New Year's resolutions. Maybe some of us did not take the time we should have to align ourselves with Jesus before we made our plans and our goals for the new year. So I will give you permission to start over today. Because his mercies are new every morning. So I think the start of this year, 2023, it's the perfect time to start by stopping. To start by stopping and abiding in Jesus. Because if this is going to be your year, if this is going to be my year, if this is going to be our year, what we really need to do is make it his year. Before we start making plans, before we start running our race, let's stop and let's actively choose to abide in Jesus, to allow ourselves to become aligned with him, and then, and only then, proceed so that our efforts will bear fruit, 
so that our plans will be successful because our plans are his plans. And worship team, you can come back up. So what is this going to look like day to day? What can we take home with us today to walk out, put into action to make this the best year ever? Well, what we really need to do is make abiding our New Year's resolution. And what that looks like will depend, will, will differ, depend on where you sit with your relationship to Jesus. So if you're here today or if you're watching online and you do not yet have a relationship with Jesus, that would start by opening up that conversation with Jesus, by inviting him into your heart so that you may experience the abiding presence of Jesus. And we'll have an opportunity for you to do that at the end of service. Maybe you are here today, and for the first time, you are seeing the value of a life connected to Jesus. So maybe you're here today, and you are a believer, but you've never gotten in the habit of abiding in Jesus. Or maybe you were once in that habit, and you have fallen out of the habit. And in that case, I think this is the perfect time to get in the habit of abiding in Jesus. Because ultimately, we are a product of what we do repeatedly. If we repeatedly go to the gym and work out, we will get more fit. If we repeatedly practice an instrument, we will become a better musician. If we repeatedly make the choice to abide in Jesus, that is, choose to become connected to him and choose to remain connected to him, we will become stronger. We will have a stronger relationship with him. And, and what that looks like lived out will vary from person to person. But there are two important components, and that has to be prayer and time in the Bible. It's through prayer that we learn to hear the voice of God. It is through prayer that we open up the conversation. And it is through reading scripture where we get wisdom and allow the word of God to abide in our hearts. And I'm not going to get super prescriptive about how to pray or how to engage in Scripture, except for one thing. There has to be time set apart. We have to carve out time in our day, whether that's 10 minutes or two hours. We have to carve out time in our day where Jesus is our only focus, where everything else gets put on the back burner, and we have a conversation with Jesus. Now, what we really need to do is we need to bake that into the rhythm of our lives. And after we have the habit of stopping to dedicate a chunk of our days to Jesus, we need to next be in the habit of stopping throughout our days to remain connected to Jesus. In moments throughout our days that call for us, if our peace is wavering, if our patience is wearing thin, just reach up to Jesus with a quick prayer. Read the scripture verse that's on your cubicle wall, or turn on some worship music. We need to stop, whip our gaze back around to him. And in this way of stopping and redirecting ourselves, finding that anchor point like the ballet dancer did, that is how we remain connected. And so now the t-shirts I wanna get printed will say, abide in me in 2023 both as a cry to Jesus and his call 
back to me. As we abide in each other this new year. So let's start there. Let's start by making a plan to stop all of the other things that are vying for our attention so we can connect with Jesus. Let's make a habit of connecting to him so that we may abide in him, remaining connected to him. And I believe that is how we can have the best year ever. Lord, I thank you that you care about us so much that you have a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. Thank you for inviting us into an abiding connection to you. Come Holy Spirit, as we worship, would you just please begin speaking to everybody's heart this morning about the type of relationship that you desire for us? God, would you open our eyes to see how connected to us you desire to be? God, and would you just increase our hunger to be connected to you? God, come meet us again in this worship experience, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.